Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily Hour number two. Jake Walbrock, Tommy Castor. We're connecting with the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel, for our weekly visit. Love to get his take on things in a mess of a game yesterday. We'll get into KU's bowl game. Later this hour as well, Tommy, I just because we were looking there and I couldn't find it. So the Browns right now are, you can get 50 to 1 on the Browns right now. You, Joe Flacco, the fighting Flaccos, 50 to 1. They look good. I man. They, a they've got a good defense. That, I think. Yeah, they got a good defense. He's playing well. They've got playmakers. I, I mean, they can still run the ball to some degree. Like, that's an interesting. That's an interesting one. 50 to 1. I, I can't believe it's that long still. Maybe they're trying to sucker some people in. I told you I liked the Rams as my long shot. 66 to 1 on the Rams. I think I think I got them at what did I I, I actually did throw $5 at them. It was like 80 to 1 or something a couple weeks ago or last week or something. Uh but I it just it, there does feel like to me there's this chance we could see some dark horse go through. And, and get on some run or do something like that. I think this could be that year. Can it be the Chiefs, though? Are they a dark horse now, officially? Let's uh, bring in Dan Israel, uh, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, to explore just that. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. All right, Dan, let's, uh, one, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all those things. I know it was not a great Christmas for the Chiefs. Let's start with the future, and then we can work our way back to yesterday. I'll ask you this one quite simply. Can this Kansas City Chiefs team still win a Super Bowl? Well, (laughs) I'd love to be able to say yes. Yeah, the answer to that is yes, Uh, but not if they're going to play the way they've played. I mean, there's certainly uh, a – delineation between a championship caliber team and a non-championship caliber team. And in my mind, those are uh, teams that have talent and are, are balanced in that talent. I think the chiefs can qualify there, but the second one would be teams that, that don't make mistakes. And chiefs cannot meet that bar at this time. Uh, it doesn't mean that when they get into the playoff run, they won't suddenly channel, you know, 2019. Or, uh, but uh, it, it just it's it's disappointing to see them uh, make them the mistakes. The quality and caliber of their mistakes is just too high. Do you think, Dan, that it is unfair uh, at this point to call? I don't even know the word to call the Chiefs 
I guess, undisciplined. And I know that like that's a that that's a loaded term and it means a lot of different things. And, and I'm not in that locker room. I'm not in practices. I don't know how, you know, all of it's being put together. But when it actually translates out on the field, I mean, we're talking about self-inflicted mistakes week after week after week after week. And I don't really know what other term to call it other than just undisciplined. I mean, I think it's a, probably the term a coach would use, right? You know, I mean, uh, I do believe they're coached well and taught the right things. And so if that doesn't make it to execution, um, I don't think it's distraction. I certainly don't think it's heart. I mean, I think for the most part, you know, if there's 53 guys in that locker room, I think 49 of them all have the heart of a champion. They, they want to win. They, they want to do the right thing. Um, I guess, you know, the only I would balance the undisciplined tag with maybe just – a lack of reps maybe or you know a, a situation where you you just haven't ingrained whatever it is you know the techniques of your position the fundamentals of your position just aren't uh they haven't made it all the way to muscle memory yet you know i mean the, the more you do something right the more it naturally becomes what you do and and i know they practice awful hard they don't practice like you know teams of the 90s but uh, uh something something is missing so i i don't think undisciplined is unfair dan i i see a tweet here and the guy who tweeted its name is todd Furman. i think he's a betting guy um but he put, he has a good point in how the narratives quickly shift in the nfl and and i have fallen into this i've just said it i think a segment or two ago buffalo's the team nobody wants to play Kansas City's a sinking ship. I don't necessarily believe that, but I believe that that's what the narrative is. Two weeks ago, it was an offsides penalty away from Kansas City beating Buffalo in a game that they outplayed Buffalo offensively, had more than like a yard more per carry. It's crazy how how razor thin the margin has been, and I, and I guess that's where I go to say I'm still going to give them a chance because if that is the case and Buffalo's the team that nobody wants to play and Kansas City has no chance – Kansas City should have beat them like two weeks ago. It was an offsides penalty away from doing it. Yeah, Jacob, I, I would agree. I, I don't think you can characterize the Chiefs as, as just being absolutely out of this and no chance. I mean, there's there's too much talent on that team with the quarterback they have, the coach they have, uh, a handful of the guys. I mean, look at a defense holding an opponent to six points. You cannot blame anybody but the offense. Uh, for that loss. And, and so you look back at the, uh, certainly the bills. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with your premise either that I don't want to play the bills. They look good, but I, you know what? The bills barely beat the chargers. The chargers nearly topped them. And so are, are the bills beatable? They are. I mean, I think our game, their last game, their last five games have proved while they, they have taken themselves from the 11th seed to the sixth seed uh, in the only way they could, which is stacking wins. I, I, I think, you know what you said about the league. It, it has been this year has been characterized by parity, the likes of which I'm not sure I've seen in other seasons, where you've got like a hundred teams locked up at eight and seven or, or whatever it is. And I, it, it's an interesting, you know, the the playoff scenario right now is interesting. It, it is still possible for the Chiefs to play the AFC Championship uh, in Arrowhead. They will not get the one seed. The, the one and two seeds will have to get knocked out in 
you know, the first two weeks uh, for that to happen. But, uh, you know, I, I think what everybody struggles with is, is just in the eye test there. It, right now the Chiefs don't look like they could win games in the playoffs at home, let alone – and frankly, our home record this year has not been very good. I, I think it's, it's interesting the way those – you know, you, you, they're a handful of games, the Bills games. You know, we lost to the Lions in week one by one point. Uh, all of those games, if you take out our mistakes, I think are Chiefs victories. You know, the Chiefs would walk would have walked away yesterday, fourteen to six or seventeen to six, whatever. You know, uh, I, I just feel like you know the parity in this this season has really been uh, amazing to watch uh, teams. You know, the Lions become NFC North champions. To watch the Browns at ten and five. To think that right now. The, one of the oddest feelings to me is to think that the, the Browns have a better record than the Chiefs do. Uh, that's odd. I, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs right now either, the way they – the way some of their you – know, I know I – know, if you said Mahomes versus Flacco, I would say, well, you know, Mahomes. But uh, it's tough, man. It just everybody's knotted up right now. You know, I know it's a, a blanket statement, but generally speaking, Dan, do you feel like opponents, for the most part – kind of have Kansas City figured out this season. Like you know, just even thinking about yesterday's game, I thought the Raiders did a masterful job defensively uh, against Kansas City's offense. And we know about all the struggles that Kansas City has had offensively, but I mean, just everything from the way that their defensive line just outworked and and bullied around the offensive line for Kansas City yesterday. The fact that Mahomes absolutely did not want to throw the ball downfield. And it looks like looked like the coverage was actually pretty good for the most part uh, that the Raiders had. Do you feel like, and maybe it's more specifically just the game yesterday, but also just in general, do you think teams are kind of figuring out exactly the best way to defend Kansas City? Well, it, kind of, it does kind of feel that way because it feels like, you know, in particular yesterday, it just felt like we had no answers we tried to run. We couldn't run. We tried this. We couldn't do that. We tried that. We couldn't do that. It, it was, it was uh, definitely a defensive performance that the Raiders deserve credit for. They played hard. They played physical, and they're fast. Uh, the, you know, I, I think typically you would say if a quarterback has two and a half seconds to throw the ball, he, he's going to succeed. And I would say that the Raiders cut that down to around 1.5 to 2 seconds. That's, a, that's tough. And while I think you could say in Super Bowl 55, the the, off, the Chiefs' offensive line just did not have the wherewithal to, to play the Super Bowl. And Mahomes spent all day going left and right. Yesterday, I thought the, the, the Raiders' defense was doing a lot of those same things. But I did feel like there were openings that Mahomes was not taking. And so if you asked me yesterday, while I, I don't want to discredit the Raiders' defense because I do think they played outstanding, they did seem to have figured out the Chiefs. Um, but I felt like Mahomes could have played a much better game. Uh, you know, it's probably one of the few games that I would just hang on his shoulders to say, you know, this is on him. He could have, he could have gotten there. Dan, is it, is it possible at this point in the season for the Chiefs to redefine what they do offensively. Could the Chiefs, and I know we've never really seen this from Andy Reid, but could they line up 
under center, run a bunch of play action, you know, run the ball a bunch, do play action, get these young receivers open, and just allow the defense to be the reason they make any sort of run? Is it too late for that, or or is something like that still possible? Certainly possible. I, I think it's unlikely due to just uh, – I don't know. I just think it's unlikely due to Coach Reed, uh, the way he – you know, he's just never shown a propensity to be a run-first team. Uh, it, you know, it sure makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if you think about uh, a, a win yesterday at 7-6 to six would have been a win, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so from our standpoint, you know, one point more is all you need. And if your defense is going to hold a team to single digits, you ought to be able to run the ball. And I think the other thing with that is it, it helps clock management. It, it doesn't – you know, these three and outs where – you're behind the sticks on the second down. You're two and, you know, 15 sometimes where you throw in the penalties that we get uh, the offsides, the illegal shifts or, you know, formation issues. And I, I feel like it, you know, we just start behind the chains. But if, if you could just eke out three and a half, four runs every every play, it sure seems like we could get to a victory. And, and I'll tell you, man, I thought Clyde Edwards, when he got – Clyde Edwards-Alaire, when he got in there yesterday – Man, he was running tough, and I really felt like he was more seeing the holes better, getting to the holes, exploding to those holes, better than Isaiah Pacheco was. Uh, don't know if you know Pacheco still had a little bit of lingering shoulder issues, but um, and maybe Pacheco, you know, if he'd have been able to stay in the whole game, would have, you know, they could have schemed him into those as well. But I, I'd like to see it. I just I think it's unlikely, Jacob. You know, Dan, it was kind of shocking uh, to me when I when I read about this uh, after the game yesterday that the last time that Kansas City had such a poor first quarter offensively, you have to go all the way back to when Tyler Palco was the starter for Kansas City. Oh and gosh. then after that game, the very next day, Todd Haley loses his job. So, I mean, it's been a long time since we had that kind of inept offense in the first quarter of a game. And I know that Andy Reid is incredibly loyal, and I don't know if there's really even anything that you can do, you know, at this point. But do you think that there is at least some kind of legitimacy to the thought that, man, maybe somebody needs to fall on the sword? And I don't know if that's Matt Nagy. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it really is anybody. But at this point, like, I just get I get frustrated in hearing kind of the same thing over and over and over again week after week in the postgame pressers. You know, things like Patrick Mahomes saying, you know, if we just clean things up, we're going to be okay. Well, you guys haven't cleaned things up the entire season. So I guess I'd love to get your point of view on where things stand in that regard. Uh, And, you know, because the team is who they are, right? Like we've gone through the majority of the season and things are not changing so your, I mean, your thoughts overall on if there should be any kind of like consequences, or, or or even if there can be at this point. You know, Tommy, I, I will definitely tell you that what when you hear Coach Reed say we got to do better, I got to do this, I got to do that. Um, that he he's just not a guy that'll throw his guys under the bus. We all know that, right? Yeah. I I do see behind the scenes. I do see people being held accountable. So know that some of that is taking place. Your your point to it's not producing an effect on the field, that is a problem. I don't think it's as high as Coach Reed. I think that 
He's a loyal guy, and, and I think, you know, he'll probably play out this season the way it is, which is kind of when you look at teams like, you know, certainly the Browns and, and the Colts where they've uh, – or even the Raiders, right? I mean, they, they made mid-season, change, mid-season changes that have uh, in, enabled them to endure the season – as a Chiefs fan, that's what we want, right? But I don't think we'll see that. I do think much like the change from Bob Sutton to Steve Spagnolo, Coach Reed recognized it's not going to work this way. We've got to make a change. So would Nagy ultimately be a guy that's a victim of that? Possibly. Uh, you know, Connor Embry, the, the wide receivers coach, certainly, you know, he can't feel good about his position right now and, we, the receivers have pretty much struggled all year. And so I, I do think you'll see some change in the off season. I don't think you'll see it until the off season. And so I guess, you know, that it makes us feel both until the, this season is over. When you hear that, we got to do a little better. There's a, a yellow tablet on Andy's desk that has things that have to be addressed in the week. Know that. I know that for certain. Uh, why they're not producing, why that's not working on the field. I can't answer. I'll ask this as simply as I can then, Dan. Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Would we be in a different situation, you think, if Eric Bieniemy was still the offensive coordinator? Well, I, I think I told you guys before, I think one of the things that I loved about EB was he's just a fiery guy that will get in your face when you come off the field, you know? <laughs> he's the kind of guy that uh, was emotional. He brought an energy and an emotion to the game. Is that missing? It might be. Uh, somebody needs to step up to that. I really think Mahomes could be that guy. Uh, I don't know that that's a. I don't know that that's a. Uh, you know, would that make us eleven and whatever now? I mean, is that good for two or three wins? I don't think so. Uh, I do think you'd see uh, a little bit more energy on the field, but I, I, I can't honestly say. When you look at the Washington Commanders, I can't honestly say that EB was the was the answer good guy good guy definitely made an impact to the team but i don't think that's solely where this uh issue lies all right dan well <laughs> i it's it's gonna feel like a really long week on on a short week as you get the new year's eve game against the Bengals. if they get jamar chase back that's certainly a, a very dangerous game for the chiefs it's at home again um It'll be a, it'll be a tense week, I think, at Arrowhead, and I, I we're just gonna have to see what can change in the last two weeks. But I'm with you. I think they still have a chance, just partly because of what the rest of the league is doing, and partly because that defense is really, really good. But man, it is an yeah. uneasy time right now in Chiefs Kingdom. Yeah, I do think you're right. The the Bengals coming in is no easier task than the Raiders for sure. But I think if you do uh, go up, you you go out, you clean up some of your game, you start playing, you get some confidence back from that, uh, move on to the Chargers, do the same there, then you at least go into the playoffs uh, feeling okay about yourself. But, you know, you want to – let's wrap up this division, man, you know, while we can. I don't want to make it clear. <laughs> that, that, is, that has come a little become a little more frightening, uh, which is not cool. Yes, like, I, I just keep saying they're going to win the division, but they still do need to actually do it. Yeah, I, I would have said in – in early November, well, this division's in, in hand, uh, and, and it looks like it's going to go down to the last two weeks. Hopefully just the last two weeks, not the last week. But, uh, uh, you know, you got to take care of business. Got to take care of the first goal uh, on the sheet, and that is to win the division. Once you get that done, fix the rest of it on the uh, uh, subsequent weeks.
All right, you've got the Chiefs Kingdom show tonight on KFH right here at 6 o'clock. You'll have the call on the Chiefs radio network uh, over on uh, on 98.7. Dan, appreciate it. We'll hear from you soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Go Chiefs. There goes Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs radio network. Oh, man, a lot to get through there. We're going to talk a little college football when we come back. Uh, By the way, you can show your love for Wichita with I Love Wichita Night at the Wichita Thunder Hockey Game on Friday, January 5th, sponsored in part by KFH Radio. Get a special price on a four-pack of tickets. Find out more at wichitathunder.com. We'll come back. College football, KU in action tonight. We'll have it for you next on Sports Daily. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. We have spent the majority of the show, which I knew we would, on the Chiefs today. Now we turn our attention to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl uh, out in Phoenix, UNLV KU tonight. Uh, I don't need Tommy. It's an eleven-point spread here. KU's favored by eleven. I, I just I don't know how I can bet bowl games. I, they're so hard to understand motivations. Like I I don't know. I, I don't like to bet these things, and I probably won't. I mean, who knows? It was a rough. It was a bloodbath for me uh, this past weekend, and the picks will. Uh, by the way, that <laughs> was two seven and one. I think that was my worst week. None of us yeah, had a great week. I had the worst. I think that was my worst of the year. Uh, hey, but you let I, Paul I just, and I back into it, though. We've got a couple of weeks left, and he and yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's getting tighter at the top. It's getting tight. It is getting tight, uh, and it, it, was, it was a rough one. I, I don't think I will tonight. I do like, in theory, I like KU to cover that number, though. Um, it just and, and I don't have any reason to suspect that they won't be motivated and jacked up for the game, but it's just hard to, unless they're playoff games, like, I, I just don't know how to make any of it make a ton of sense. I hope that KU shows up big. I hope that they win. Uh, it's a late, is it, what is it, a 9 o'clock kick? Is that right? 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock tonight. 8 o'clock here locally, yeah, 9 o'clock east, 8 o'clock locally. So it's a late game. Um, I don't know. I, I think KU is going to be good. I like them in the game. I, I love that we're going to send, uh, you know, some of these guys out with, with style here, I think there are plenty of reasons, and there's nothing historically that would tell us KU's not going to be very, very motivated in this one. Yeah, I know that there are a couple of players that we found out over the weekend did not travel with the team uh, that are you know are not playing in the game for Kansas. Austin Booker, uh, one of the defensive linemen for the Jayhawks, looks like, I don't know if there's been an official word, but there's been a lot of speculation that he's going to enter the NFL draft Uh, He did not travel with the team. He's not going to play. That would lead me to believe that uh, he is planning on declaring for the draft. And Dominic Pooney, one of the offensive linemen, uh, he also did not travel with the team to Phoenix. He will not play in the game tonight either. Those are really the two major opt-outs that are not playing for the Jayhawks tonight. It sounds like overall, though, they should have a majority of their players, which is kind of, I think in today's day and age, a little uncommon, right? You've got a lot of players that are entering the portal, that are entering the draft. They're not playing in the bowl games. You know, they want to, you know, protect themselves and, and their future earnings and all of that. Uh, but for Kansas, a lot of the players, it does seem like are playing in the game tonight. So, you know, Jason Bean, 
It's going to be his final game in a Jayhawks uniform. It'll be fun to watch him, and hopefully he can go out on top. But again, with you, like as far as a betting perspective, it's really hard to figure out exactly how you want to bet this and, and what this looks like. Because, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I know very little about UNLV. I don't know much about him. Other than the fact yeah, that, other than the fact that their coach Barry Odom is a Missouri guy, that's about the only thing I know about uh, the the Rebels. So I, you know, I just don't really know exactly a good way to bet this. I think from an emotional perspective, yeah, I think I'm going to lay the eleven, but I have no idea if that's a smart bet or not. Uh, I don't know anything about UNLV. Uh, Mason Fairchild's a senior. Have an eye out on that. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean KU's better. KU's more talented. KU's played better. It just, you know, what, again, like trying to predict a motivation for a game that is so far in the rearview mirror of the regular season, it's been a long time. Yeah. I think it is a little easy. So just for comparison's sake, for K-State, they have, they have far more holes based on decisions that are being made in transfers. But I think for K-State, there's a very clear motivation for that team right because you're you're having to move on from Colin Klein but it's the beginning of this era that everybody can tangibly feel with Avery Johnson and i think people are going to want that to go really well i think that team is going to want that to go really well KU doesn't have anything to prove here like they don't have a thing to prove and and that's a good thing right that that's not a bad thing they they do we do need to get a look now at a new offensive coordinator that's very important um a guy you know how long has Lance Leipold been connected to Kotelnik? It's long been time. years and years and years and years. So Over a that part will be interesting. Um, and, and it's a football game. And it's a football game with a team we care about. So I think it will be fun to watch this game. Don't get me wrong. I just can't ever get a good grasp of of these things and motivations for teams. Like, And it's not. this isn't just a KU-UNLV thing. I don't know how to look at Georgia-Florida State. Right. Like, I don't know what to think of that game. So, I, you know, it's it, it's across the board other than the two CFP games. This is always my issue with every bowl game. They, they're exhibition games. They are. Yeah. Well, and with KU, I don't think we're going to have, you know, really issue any kind of issues in continuity. You know, Kotal Nicky is gone. He's not the offensive coordinator anymore. They brought in Jeff Grimes, but I don't think he's the one calling the plays in the Probably game tonight. Not. I think Jim, no. Jim Zabrowski. No, no who's the quarterback's coach, um, I think he's the one calling the plays in tonight's game, and he's been with the team, you know, the entire season. And so I think that, you know, there's we're not going to have to worry about continuity. It's not going to be, you know, plays that nobody's used to seeing. I mean, we, we know the personnel for the most part on the field for the Jayhawks, and they're going to do, you know, what they've done all season long. So I don't have a lot of concerns there. With Kansas State, you know, in their bowl game on Thursday night, yeah, I mean, it's a look towards the future. It's a look to see – you know, the, the very first game in the Avery Johnson era where it's his job as the quarterback and what this team is going to look like moving forward. So there's a different kind of intrigue, a different kind of storyline for the Wildcats on Thursday night in Orlando than there is in Phoenix tonight for the Jayhawks. The other thing I think that is really important to point out with the Jayhawks and, and the bowl game tonight is that they didn't win their bowl game a year ago against Arkansas. And I know that that is that stung throughout the entire year. Lance Leipold has talked about it multiple times about how, you know, they made it to 
uh, the you know the bowl game against Arkansas a year ago. They came up just short. That exciting what was it double triple overtime game a year ago, and now they're looking to get a win. Uh, you know, in a bowl game, and it's been a long time since this team has done that. It's also been a very long time since this team has won nine games in a season. That's pretty rare for the program. So there's another benchmark that you can set with the win tonight against UNLV. So, I mean, th- there are quite a few different intriguing storylines going into this bowl game tonight. That's why, I mean, it might be an exhibition game, but that's why, you know, I think that the excitement level, at least for me, is there you know, for, for the game tonight, because I want to see the Jayhawks be able to win a bowl game for the first time in a long time. I want to see this team win nine games for the first time in a season in a long time. So there's a lot of different things I think to keep an eye on. The fact that they're in a bowl game again is excitement, right? Like, I, I'm not trying to downplay the excitement for this game. I love it. I love that they're in a bowl game. Yeah. And, and I think it, you know, I don't want to overlook the fact that they're in this position right now, that they're going to be picked near the top of the league most likely next year. I just, I don't know. Like, I, again, it's it's some, like, so if if the outcomes of these things are so unpredictable in bowls, and I think that they are, K-State's, there is a very tangible and easy storyline to grasp onto. It's Avery Johnson. KU doesn't have that as much, right? It's it's the nice things that we typically see in bowls. It's sending out the, you know, the players that have put in so much time. You're sending them out in a good way. It's, it's being in a bowl game to begin with for a program that has struggled so much over the last you know, 15, 20 years, all those things are easy to find. I will say on the play calling, and yeah, you, you, I don't, KU, and the reason it's so interesting to me, has been famously, I think by a lot of people, one of the most like complex and complicated offenses in college football, the different things that they do. They lose Coden, like, can they continue that? And is this any sort of preview to, can they continue that without Kotal Nicky, no matter who the play caller is? Because it's effective, right? It I works. think so. I mean, so I think so. Not only can they continue it in this game, certainly in this game I think they can because they've been practicing it all year and there's some continuity in the code. But if they, once they make that change, are they able to continue to do that, which has been one of the real big reasons I think they've been so successful? And And, you know, that's not something like that I'm taking away from games with an amateur eye or anything, but people that really study that stuff have been on this for 18 months and how complex and intricate the KU offense is, and that's awesome to see. I, I hope that Jason Bean, swan song, is fantastic. I think, you know, when we look back at this, and, and I think the trajectory and the arrow is pointed up with KU, certainly Jason Bean will be a big part of this redemption story for KU. And it's a really cool story. I don't think he had any idea. If you hear, he did a, he sat down with, uh, with TJ Cleland for us at KWCH. I don't think he had any idea that he would play as much as he has this year, but he came back and he did. And that's a great story for a dude that's, you know, put it out all on the line for KU, even when it looked like his job was gone. He came back anyway. Those are the kinds of things that you do love about college sports when they do still exist, which is not as often as it used to be. But, you know, let's send that guy out with a bowl win. And what a know, nice way to finish for him. He very, very easily could have entered the portal and went to a program and started maybe not a, a high-profile uh, power five school, but he, I think he definitely could have went somewhere and been the actual starter 
from the beginning of the season on in, in another program. He didn't do that. I would put Jason Bean up there as far as backups in the country as one of the best backups, absolutely. Like, when, when sure. Jalen Daniels went down, yeah, you know, there's always like, okay, there's going to be a drop-off in performance and talent and all of that. But, man, there are so many other worse backup quarterbacks in the country, and you definitely do not want your starter to go down because you have no idea what you're going to get from the other guy. And, you know, Jason Bean was up and down, and, you know, we can talk about the bad decisions he makes sometimes and things like that. That's all true. But from a talent and athletic perspective, I'm not sure that there are a lot of backup quarterbacks that are better than Jason Bean in the country. Um. Well, yeah, I don't even, it's so fun. I don't even think of him as a backup quarterback. I really don't. Like, I think of him as a starter because he's been that for so long. I, it's, it's, it's funny to me to think of him that way. But I, but, and, and that's what he was to start the year. But I haven't thought of him as a backup quarterback since last year, honestly. Like, he's been the guy for KU all year long. Like, we've saw, we saw so little of Jalen Daniels. Um, they get UNLV tonight. Uh, the over under on the game is 67. Probably lean under there. Um, I, I, you know, Devin Neal, somebody just mentioned on our video stream that Shreya Slada reported that he's considering the draft. I don't think his status for this game tonight is in any jeopardy. I don't think that it I've is. Heard. No, not, not that yeah, I know so of. So one way or the other, I mean, he, he he's he certainly earned it if he chooses to go that route. And this would be, this is an opportunity for a guy like that. If he does want to go that route to, to put it on full display, they're going to have the attention of a lot of the audience, you know, tonight more maybe than they have in a lot of years. So that's something to watch. I think they will try to run the ball a ton, obviously. Um, and, and I think they're going to let Jason Bean try to ball out, whether it's on the ground or, or whatever it is. I would suspect a lot, a lot of action on the ground for KU tonight, and and I think they should be fine. Again, that's without knowing anything about UNLV. I think KU will be fine. I'm not betting it though. I, I don't even know what to do with a bet on it. And, and there, maybe there's some promo out there on one of the apps where they give you like a boost or something. Because I'm a sucker for those. If I see that, I'll bet it. Uh, but maybe I'll bet a prop or something. I don't know. But I, I like KU tonight. They should be okay. Yeah, I think I'll probably bet it just, you know, strictly from an emotional point of view. You know, Jason Jason Bean over his passing yards and over his passing touchdowns and, you know, things like that. You know, I may bet I may bet that sort of thing. But I mean, I've got nothing that would, you know, tell me one way or another that that's a good bet. But I'll probably make it. I'll, I'll make a bet from the heart. And if it works out great, if it doesn't, well, you know, it is what it is. We'll see. I, I'm with you. I, I'll bet it. I, I don't think I'll bet it, but I can be suckered in pretty easy. I'm a little, I'm a little raw still from from the weekend of the NFL that just absolutely kicked my tail. All that being said, I was close to a bunch of them. The uh, the Cowboys really let me down. The Broncos. I I don't know why I ever and I just had them on like the money line. The Broncos and they let me down uh, to finish off some pretty from pretty nice juicy parlays, but didn't get it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We'll get back on it uh, here pretty quick. I, I, I'll Maybe I'll find a problem. i got to have something. I mean, i got to have something. You can find something, we, I think, that would work out well for here? you. Come on. Yeah, I'll, I'll find something. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. 869-1240 is the number to call. Uh, let's give away some HTO on the way out here. Let's do two free uh, brew house cards. that will give you two coffee drinks, essentially. There's iced and hot coffee, uh, hot tea in there, uh, all the espresso drinks, all the classics with all kinds of options to make it just the way you want it, or some specialty drinks that are very popular. It's cold out there today. Pretty good day for a nice hot drink for you. You can get your hands on two free ones from HTO. Those are good at the East Wichita location and in Derby. To the first caller right now to the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. We'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. Paul Brockton Caster, Chad Chambers producing. Uh, let's talk about the game last night, Tommy, because it was certainly something. I So I'm on the air for, for the first half, essentially, of that game, watching live Brock Purdy hand away the MVP trophy and literally watching the odds change through the game. From him to go to a pretty overwhelming favorite, to now maybe the third top choice. He's not going to get the MVP. No. After that game. Not going to happen. No. I do think McCaffrey still has a chance, but it is Lamar Jackson's to lose at this point, and and the Ravens have a tough sled here down the stretch. What a remarkable story for Lamar Jackson. What an awful game for Brock Purdy. Uh, His worst is a pro, and I'm not, like, overreacting to that game. So what? Guys have bad games all the time. I think that, you know, ultimately, I think that's why San Francisco still, you know, it didn't really affect their Super Bowl odds a whole bunch. But, man, that they got their tails kicked. And and no team can overcome turnovers, Chiefs fans. No team, even the best in football, if you think San Francisco was that, can overcome mistakes and turnovers like that. Here's what's concerning for the 49ers. Trent Williams is waiting on an MRI today. His backup got hurt, and the backup's backup also got hurt yesterday. 
So the Niners, who we knew were razor thin, I've said this for weeks, they feel like they're an injury away from you know that three-game losing streak we saw. Well, if Trent Williams is hurt, they're there. And Brock Purdy had a stinger in the game, but he should be okay. But their their margin for error has always seemed so thin to me. That's a part of the reason I still think it's an open field here in the NFL. But man, Baltimore, what a win for them on the road in San Francisco. What a dud. You know, I I still think, though, that we watched, you know, potentially the two most likely teams that are going to be in the Super Bowl last night. I mean, I know that the 49ers have their issues, but so do the other teams in the NFC. The Cowboys certainly do. The Eagles certainly do. Um, you know, the Lions, I, I you know, I, I know we had kind of counted them out a couple of weeks ago. They might be able to make a little bit of a run. I thought that, you know, they were fairly impressive over the weekend uh, on the road against Minnesota. So, I mean, that, that was something, too. But, I mean, going back to the MVP conversation, you, you're the one that brought it up a couple of weeks ago. Josh Allen is sitting right there. I mean, and I know yeah, that he's, he's still, you know, kind of, I think he's, what, fifth in the overall odds as far yeah, as, he's, you know, he's long shots and all of that. But, but, man, he's 14-1 yeah. to 1 right now. He's not the favorite. But, I mean, all he has to do is, you know, keep going the last couple of weeks of the season, and it could be between him and Lamar overall. I mean, his numbers are interesting this year. They're not overwhelming, but they'll ha- he'll have a storyline in his pocket if they're able to do it. Um, they, you know, this year he's got just a he'll he should get to four thousand yards. He's got twenty seven touchdowns. He does have fifteen interceptions, so he kind of needs to play clean the rest of the way. Uh, but he's but he's been you know a good rusher he he rushes well and that's a part of his game certainly with 13 rushing touchdowns this year um so when you account for the totality of his touchdowns I think their storyline is good I think he can put up some gaudy statistics where he'd have a shot at it it will take Lamar Jackson struggling and it will take the voters not wanting to give it to a running back and Christian McCaffrey uh, but I think there's a chance I've said for a while he's my favorite MVP bet and and I you know I don't think he's most likely to get it. It's just you can get good enough odds. I mean, it, it's just like if you didn't think it was close, the way that those odds changed during the first half were wild. And once he got to just three interceptions in the first half, I said it's over. He's not getting the MVP because there were too many people that wanted to doubt him anyway. Now it's like nope, not going to do it. He's out. And for a while there in that game is like, but Christian McCaffrey when he led them down the field on that touchdown, it's like. The door's wide open for Christian McCaffrey, and it still may be. You know, I think if if Jackson struggles at all in the final two, McCaffrey's where you look first. But it will take big-time numbers, and it will take Josh Allen not being in the equation. Who was but the I last, think there's a chance. The last non-quarterback to win an MVP, was it Adrian Peterson? Was he the last one? Um, I think so. Let me look. Let me let me check that. That was probably, it, what, 2000, 2012, What's crazy is... Tyreek Hill had a real chance at it. Uh, yeah, it's Peterson in 2012. Yeah. Tomlinson in 2006. Sean Alexander the year before that. The last time a non-quarterback or running back won it was Lawrence Taylor in 1986. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I don't know why we don't just call the MVP the best quarterback award, right? We have offensive, we have offensive player of the year, and they give that to non-quarterbacks all the time. And it's like, how, what are we doing here? How can you have a different offensive player of the year and MVP when the MVP is a quarterback? That doesn't make any sense at all. But that's the way it happens. If, if Justin Jefferson is the offensive player of the year, why is he not the MVP? 
right? That's never made any sense to me. Uh, But that's just the way that vote goes. So I'd say McCaffrey faces an uphill climb, and then history is the reason that that I think Allen could jump in. But it's Lamar Jackson's to lose. And Lamar Jackson's story is incredible, um, and he deserves it, and he is that impactful. I think sometimes we overthink that award and, like, replacement value. And, well, if you took this player, the reality is if you're even on the list, and you're taking off your team, your team's going to struggle without you. So I think those are all relative things and and a little silly how we overthink it. But Lamar Jackson was efficient last night, and he had the big runs when they had to have him, and he didn't throw any interceptions, and he's playing a brand of football, quite frankly, that we I'd like to see Patrick Mahomes play. And 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 you know, and I think he deserves credit for that, and he probably will an MV, win MVP. There is a part of me, Tommy, that like. If, if just for storyline's sake, Jackson winning an MVP in a Super Bowl would be one of the great middle fingers to this league of all time. And I I would be all over that. And you know like, what? It actually would be a little bit of a middle finger to the Ravens organization. I know he's back with them. And, you know, obviously. 100%. They, like everyone. They, they mended their fences and it looks like things are good. But, man, it was pretty toxic for a while between Jackson and the Ravens and the other teams that didn't want him, that they weren't willing to, you know, give up the draft picks to trade for him. And all of that drama in the offseason, the fact that he represented himself, all of that that went down, uh, man, and then if he can win the MVP and, gosh, if they can win a championship – uh, that's pretty remarkable for Lamar Jackson. Good for him. Like, Throw that I'm, bird. I'm yep. rooting for yep. that guy you know, for the rest of the season just because I want to see that play out. Yeah, it's a storyline I can get behind for sure. And, and you know, they, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Congratulations to Dave for winning some HTO uh, Brewhouse Coffee on us here at Sports Daily. Happy to do it. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network today uh, when we return. On Sports Daily, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's going to be good stuff. By the way, Wildcat fans, you got a bowl game coming up. Go PowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. You can get it, follow, and get your podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Go PowerCat.com. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.